Sometimes you need to take control to make a difference. That's why with FlexPath from Capella University, you're in control. Set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move at a pace that works for you. Discover a different way forward at capella.edu. G'day everyone, Lauren Crest, the business scientist here. It's Friday, woo, happy Friday. Or if you're listening to this right now and you're in the States, happy very late Thursday evening. And if you're in Europe, you're on Friday as well already. So awesome live stream today. Lots of questions again. And we went a little bit off topic sometimes, but I kind of like that as the live stream thing. I like that. Look, sometimes I don't finish a thought, but I'm like, I think what happens is people ask questions and it kind of keeps me on point to keep things relevant to the people who are actually turning up and listening. So I love it. If you haven't had a chance yet to tune into a live stream, 11 a.m. on Fridays is when I'm doing these ones, when I'm doing the seen and heard ones. Obviously, you're here on the podcast, so you like listening and that's cool. That's why I republish them here as well. One thing I'm curious to know about is what you guys think of the fact that I do leave in my shout outs on the show to people who have uh, ask questions because I think it's good. I think it's good to have that back and forth live chat, but I also wonder if there's things that I could do to sort of optimize this a little bit more for your listening pleasure. So let me know what you think at LaurenCrest89 on Twitter. Just use the hashtag grow your brand feedback. Always really, really welcome. Now I want to clarify a couple of things with this live stream because I went and listened back to it before I uh, went to go and and publish this here. So two things. One is I at one point talk about this little trick I tried this week uh, by in doing comments and I just kind of did it as a bit of an experiment. It just felt like an intuitive thing that I needed to try out. And then I said, and what I think I did differently with these comments. And then I like stopped and then I like went off on a tangent because I saw someone had posted something in the live stream. So if you listen to the end of the episode, I will tell you what it was that I did different that I think actually helped me essentially have someone ask to become a client, but I'm actually not taking on clients at the moment. So that was really interesting. Um, I'm not taking on clients right now. I am going to be taking on clients after I come back from a break that's coming up. So I'm taking the 21st of September off until the that weekend, like the 4th of October, I think it is. My first proper two weeks off since I started my business in 2016, like proper two weeks off, not like sort of still working a little bit, like I'm actually going to take a break. I'm really, really excited about it. And at the same time, I don't want you guys to miss out on content while I'm away. So what I'm going to be doing for those two weeks is I'm going to be posting up, I've got heaps of interviews. So I'm going to be posting up a interview on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays for those two weeks. And then when I come back, we'll start doing our normal rhythm again. Uh, But there's lots of, lots of awesome interviews coming up with super, super smart people, much smarter than me. And I am sure if you like listening to this podcast, you will love listening to them. Not going away for another week though. So... (laughs) Anyway, so um, the reason I was saying all of that was that, why was I saying that? 
uh, as a result of going on this break, I don't want to take, I just think it's a little bit irresponsible to take on clients just before I go on break. Um, so I'm not taking on clients. I want to have that break. And then I'm seeing people kind of needing some new things. I'm going to design some new products and stuff uh, on top of the, the sort of interview recording stuff I'm doing at the moment, the content hackathon stuff I'm doing at the moment, which is all launching on the 1st of October, which, you know, is technically a little bit before the 4th, but, you know, I like the 1st. I like that it started on the 1st. So uh, come check that out. If you're kind of interested in finding out more about working with me and all that kind of stuff, you can head over to laurencress.com. Okay, second caveat for this episode is at one point I talk about sort of like thinking about one person and then I say like think about like if I was this person and I had these problems, what would I be doing? I just want to clarify because like this is an issue that I have with like the whole goals and rule thing, you know, like treat others how you want to be treated. The thing is, is you shouldn't be treating other people how you want to be treated and you shouldn't be expecting people to behave the way you behave. You should be treating people the way they want to be treated and you should be expecting people to behave the way they behave. So what I mean when I'm like, think about what would I do? I mean, put yourself in your ideal customer's shoes. I just wanted to clarify that because I feel really strongly about not just thinking about, oh, what would I do? You need to think about what would my customer do? So I wanted to make that super, super clear. All right, stick around to the end. If you want to hear what I did differently with the comments this week, uh, let's get on. That was a long intro. (laughs) Let's get on to today's episode and I'll chat with you again at the end. Oh, there might be a little ad break here and, uh, and then we'll get on to the main part of the show. Don't waste the summer months staring at a screen trying to figure out who accepts your vision insurance. Pearl Vision works with all major vision plans, including iMed. Plus, when you bring in the receipt from your last eye exam, they'll apply up to $150 towards a new pair of glasses. Visit pearlvision.com to find your neighborhood eye care center today. Valid prescription required. Valid at participating locations. Restrictions apply. Taxes extra. See store for details. Ends 10-31-2022. Exams available at the Independent Doctors of Optometry at or next to Pearl Vision. Some doctors employed by Pearl Vision. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. G'day everyone, Lauren Cress, the business scientist here. Happy Friday. Hope you're all doing well. Really looking forward to today's episode. And if you're tuning in, ask your questions as we go. Um, I'll probably say that throughout the show just to remind you. <laughs> if you want to ask a question, do it. So what are we talking about today? We kind of need to know what we're talking about today first, right? So Today we're talking about sort of following on from the Monday motivation episode um, I posted, which isn't a live stream, it's an on-demand YouTube video and podcast. And what we were talking about is the importance of building curiosity. So I kind of like to call this the ABCs of content. What we're trying to do with our content, whenever we post something, we're trying to build curiosity. So always build curiosity, ABCs of content. So what I was kind of thinking about is like we've been going through sort of this empathy mapping stuff and I was saying like it's really important to think about like who your customer is and what they're going through and what's happening for them, right? But when it comes to actually like practical application of that, you're like, cool, Lauren, great. Okay, I know who my customer is, but what do I actually say? 
Like when I write a LinkedIn post, what do I say? When I write a YouTube description, what do I say? When I write my meta description on my website, what do I say? And I mean, look, I'm not going to pretend to be like a copywriting specialist. Like copywriting is an art and a science all in of itself. It's a it's a part of marketing that people focus in on and do amazing work in. But I've had to learn enough about copywriting to be able to to get by. And what I want to share with you today is one of the things that I see so many coaches and consultants and people who are wanting to build their name as a thought leader, and that's what this series is all about on Fridays, it's about being seen and heard. What I keep seeing is that they're not actually thinking about where they're putting the content. So they're not thinking about the context where they post something. For instance, like if I'm going to post something on LinkedIn, what I'm thinking about is I'm thinking about, okay, what's going on in the platform? So I actually, I just imagine it still comes back to empathy, right? Oh, I just realized my camera is like massively moving because I'm so excited. So sorry about that. I'll try to make that not happen because I don't want you to feel seasick. So if we're trying to build curiosity in social media, we need to think about that particular social media platform. So on LinkedIn, think about how things display. When you're going, when people land on LinkedIn, they open up LinkedIn. On average, people spend about 14 to 15 minutes on LinkedIn. Laura, you said, is SEO copywriting more important than regular or non-SEO copywriting these days? Hmm, interesting question. I kind of think, I always say it's like both. So you need the SEO, you need the search. Search helps SEO. And actually, I did a really um, awesome chat with um, Ronan Walsh a few weeks back and we talked about this. Like, um, why social media is important to think about as well. I also did that with Yatha Thaka, who is already posted on the podcast as well. But when it comes to engaging your audience, they're everywhere, right? So you don't want to just kind of think about SEO. Um, so, yeah, I would kind of – and it's also a different type of copywriting. So that's kind of what I wanted to, to get into. But thanks so much for your question, Laurie. Hello. I hope you're doing well, by the way. It's been a while since we chatted. Um, so if you think about, okay, from a, uh, where, where were we? LinkedIn. Okay. So we're on LinkedIn. We open up LinkedIn on average. People spend about 15 minutes on LinkedIn a day. I spend a lot more. There's probably people who are listening to this who spend a lot more, but on average, that's people aren't on LinkedIn for long periods of time, but a lot of users will use it daily. So they're on the platform and they just like quickly are on there and then they jump off. So we've got limited amount of time firstly. Um, and what do they open when they come to LinkedIn? Okay. If they're on their app, if they're on their phone, then they open LinkedIn, they're going to be opening up straight to their newsfeed, right? So the first thing they're looking at is posts. Um, now when people are looking at a post, what are they doing, right? They're essentially going, they see a little bit of the post. If you put an image, they'll see the image. If they put the video, they'll see like the video, but it will be on silent. Um, and, or if they, it's just text, they'll say the text, right? So people see that. And basically what LinkedIn wants to know is when people get that impression, are people clicking to read more of the text? Are they playing the video? Are they taking off sound and playing the video? What, what are they doing with that content, right? Are they just skimming past it? And that's going to 
tell LinkedIn whether or not it's a good post. But if we think about it from our customer's perspective, it's also like, well, if we're not building curiosity at that point, then they don't want to really hear from us. So one thing I actually have been playing around with that I think is really interesting is there was a lot of content that was going out before, it was sort of like a phase on LinkedIn where everyone was doing subtitles, you know, and Facebook, same kind of thing. Everyone was doing subtitles so people didn't have to press play and listen to the, the actual content. Um and I think that's kind of interesting because what I've noticed, and this is anecdotal, but what I've noticed is people have stopped doing that as much and I stopped doing it as much as well. And I actually found that that was helping with my video performance. So what I think might be happening is that when people can't hear the sound, they, you know, they're just kind of, they're scrolling past, um, they might read a little bit of the, the video and keep going, right? But I think when you can't hear it and you're just reading the post, it kind of forces you to be like, well, what's this about? And I'm not, again, this is just anecdotal, but I think that might be what's happening because I've been finding it more effective to not do subtitles, which is great because subtitles are a lot of work or you have to pay for it, which is annoying. So that's one example. Now let's go over to to SEO because Laurie brought, brought up SEO and I mentioned SEO before as well. So let's say I'm going to use YouTube SEO rather than Google just because I think visually it will make more sense to, to demonstrate what I mean by building curiosity. Okay, so YouTube, second biggest search platform in the world. Why are people going to YouTube? Why is your customer going to YouTube? So what, are, what questions are they going to be asking? What things are they looking for that relate to the problem that you solve? They're probably not going to be searching for your brand name, right? Unless you've got a really, really big brand name. So what questions are they going to be searching for that you can, you can answer? When people search for something, what happens is YouTube, if you have, I mean, you guys know this, right? You use YouTube. Look at it on your phone. Look at it on desktop. Actually look at what the user sees. So when you search for it on phone, what happens is you get a big thumbnail on the side and then you get like the headline and maybe a bit of, bit of text. I'm actually going to pull it up right now just so like as we go through this, I can show you. So I'm just going to search for how to um, improve conversion rate because we're kind of talking about that still and it's what popped into my head. Okay, so on mobile, this is what pops up. So we've got ads at the top and those ads look super boring, right? Like there's no video, thumbnail, nothing. Why would I, why would I click on that? And then you've got organic content. So for me, second one, Neil Patel jumps out because it's like super easy to read, um, seven conversion hacks, seven cool hacks that will boost your conversion rate. It doesn't actually have a description, which is part of the reason I wanted to show you. And it also shows you how many people have viewed it and how long ago it was posted. That's, the, that's what happens when someone searches for something, that's what they're seeing. So you've got to think about that and go, okay, because what I keep seeing happening, especially on like YouTube and Instagram and stuff, is people worry so much about what their like profile page looks like. Same with LinkedIn. People keep worrying about what the profile page looks like. I'm like okay, yeah, you have to optimize that. But you also need to think about where most people are going to be finding your content. So on YouTube, search platform, okay, how are people finding that content? What does that look like? Oh, okay. That first one says one simple sentence can double your conversions, seven conversion hacks. Like 
that copy jumps out. Notice the copy in the thumbnail isn't necessarily, it's a bit blurry guys, but it's, it's not even necessarily the same as the copy in the headline. So for instance, Neil Patel's one is seven conversion hacks, beginner's guide. And then you can see also some of the text is covered by the time code. So like all of that stuff needs to be thought about when you're writing copy, when you're designing those thumbnails and also when it comes to actually writing that headline as well. Sorry, I know I'm going a little bit nerdy today, but just this is what most people aren't doing. They're not thinking about like, and I've, I know this because I still do this. I have so much content. I have to go back over and be like, okay, I need to optimize this more because what happens as well, and I'm curious if you guys found this, right? So like you start off and you're like, oh, okay, um, I'm going to, I'm going to do this awesome thing. and I'm going to share this and it's going to be great. And then you think it's really good and you post it. And then like a week later, you look back and you go, oh, actually like that doesn't really work and that should be bigger. And like by taking time away from it, you actually see what your users seeing. So, um, what I do now is I actually like, cause I get excited to post stuff. I think a lot of us do like, especially if we've got something really exciting to post, like I can't wait to post this. And instead of like, just taking a break from the content and coming back to it, we kind of just schedule and go, yep, it's live, it's published. So what we need to do is like, if you're, I've talked about using Canva before and creating a style guide. So I'm not going to go into that today, but like your creative and your copy, you want to like create it, walk away from it and then come back to it. If you're doing it yourself, that's what you want to be doing. If you're going to outsource this stuff, the questions you need to be asking is whether or not someone understands things like, well, what's the difference between posting? If give them a give them a um an example, a task. Say, I've got this piece of content. I want you to promote it on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. Show me what you would do across those platforms. Because what a lot of people do is they just post the same thing on each platform. And they don't think about how are people seeing it, what hashtags are being used. Why have people come to this platform? How do they want to spend their time? So when we're talking, we have been talking a lot about empathy mapping, but we also need to just think about what, what's happening on that particular platform. Um, okay, so why does this matter? I write myself questions to answer <laughs> on these live streams. <laughs> and again, if you have questions, just ask them, ask them as we go and I'll, I'll get to them. But um, why does it matter? Hi, Jeremy. Um, is this is the question for this based on a particular platform? Why does it matter? Well, um, is that what you mean, Jeremy? Just let me know. If you mean as in like, um, I'm just wondering what question in particular you mean. So what I'm talking about today, Jeremy, is more like you've got to think about all the different platforms. So what questions you need to ask yourself. Good to see you again too. So what questions you need to ask yourself before you post something. So what I'm talking about is like you've got the piece of content, but then how do you promote it across those different channels? So the questions you need to be asking yourself for each of those is why are people here? Why did people show up on Twitter today? Why, why did my customer show up on Twitter today? What's going to jump out to them? Why do people show up on LinkedIn today? And like, you know, even things like with LinkedIn, you could get even more specific. Like on a Friday on LinkedIn, it's going to be different to a Monday on LinkedIn. So like what's actually, what's all the context of like what you're posting? One other thing I look at is like, okay, so um, if heaps of people, because again, LinkedIn is my main platform. If heaps of people have been posting about a particular topic in my network, 
then I'm not going to post about that topic, even if that's what I had planned. Because it's like, oh, people have been talking about this all week. I don't want to talk about the same thing everyone's talking about unless I can add to it. So if I'm like, oh, I can see people in my network have been talking about this topic. How can I move on from there and build on it? Then I'll do that. But the thing with LinkedIn is a lot of us end up being connected to a lot of people that we're, like, it's quite interesting, but I'm like, oh, I've got heaps of people in my network who are also connected via other, other ways. Facebook, Instagram, yeah, exactly, same thing. So thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for clarifying. So we want to think about the same things for Facebook. On Facebook, why are people there? What are people doing on Facebook? This is why I had that little rant a few weeks ago about like just think about what you're advertising. And Floris and I, Floris Block and I had a really good chat about like if your customer is a kind of customer that gets the end of the day and they're like, I just want to have a glass of wine and look at some cute videos and chill out, because I've had a really busy long day, the last thing they want to be seeing on their Facebook posts is like, this is how you can like make, do more, like, because they're not in that mindset, right? Like, when are you posting? What are they seeing? So all of those things come into it. There's a really simple framework that I've pinched from Professor Byron Sharp that I like to use called, um, it's about category entry points. So understanding when people enter your category into your market to purchase um, or, to, you know, as, as being interested in it. So um, basically it sort of starts to help you with understanding, uh, understanding customer behavior and what's going on. It's sort of building on that stuff we were talking about in terms of cu customer empathy mapping. So if you've got um, say like, uh, well, we always talk about like why, right? So that's the first thing like, why are people buying? Why do people need this problem solved? What's going going on there? We've talked about that heaps of times before. I'm not going to like drive that point home. I think we all know that we need to have a reason to exist, right? And there can be several. So you can brainstorm like why are all the possible reasons why someone would want to see this post? Like actually think about the post. Why are all the possible reasons people want to see this post or download this ebook or work with me. Like if you do that exercise a few times for your content, you'll start to, it will become like innate. You'll just start to be able to kind of, or in, intu intuitive anyway, understand why you need to be posting certain things. It's really interesting how when you practice it for a while, you just kind of get used to it. When you're starting out, actually think about like, what is the reason for this post to exist and how is it going to serve my customer? right? So that's the why. Then we want to look at like when. So when are people needing my help? When are people coming to the platform to get content like this? You know, where are people when they're reading about this content or watching this content? Is it on the way to work when they're on the train and they're bored? Is it, you know, in their, their home office? Is it when they're waiting for their coffee? When are they on LinkedIn? When are they on Facebook? You know, when and for your audience specifically, and you have to kind of hypothesize a bit, right? Because you're not going to be able to necessarily get all of that data depending on your industry, depending on what white papers have been released, all that kind of stuff. You might be able to get some idea, but not necessarily that granular granular information that you want. And Jeremy, thanks for saying that you um, gotcha topics are saturated. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Topics do get saturated massively. Uh, and you don't want to be, I mean, for thought leadership anyway, you don't really want to just jump on the bandwagon, right? Like why jump on the bandwagon when you could say something new and fresh and interesting and inspiring? Um, 
so uh, what was I saying in terms of context? Yeah. So you want to kind of, um, you want to be thinking about the, the why, the, the when, the where, and then also the what with and the who with. So what with, as in, are they with their phone? Are they with a particular magazine that they get sent every month in your industry? Like AICD sends out the company director magazine every every month. Um, if you're in Australia, I think they're, they're only Australian. Yeah, Australian Institute of Company Directors, pretty sure they're Australian, Lauren. Um, <laughs> so, you know, they, they sent out a, a magazine, I think it's every month, yeah. So it's like, okay, who's reading that? Who's picking that up and looking at that? What are they going to be interested in? Who are those people that that read that magazine? So what are they with? Why are they using those materials and how are they helpful? For me, I think about like, well, they're with their phone. They're with their computer, depending on where they are. If I'm doing a post that's like optimized for phone, then I'm thinking about people who are traveling or if I'm doing content like that. So for instance, with a podcast, I'm like, most people are going to be listening to a podcast on their phone. So I need to think about how my podcast displays on my website in relation to my phone, how easily it is for them to access their app. Hey, Christine, how are you doing? Thanks for saying hello. Um, I need to be thinking about all of those behaviors. Um, so the reason it matters is essentially what we're doing is we're trying to not only create a, an impression, but we're trying to create a lasting impression. But even more than that, we're trying to create an impression that makes someone want to go further down the rabbit hole, which is what I started talking about on Monday. So always build curiosity. That was our ABCs for content. What you're trying to do is go, okay, so how can I take someone from being a stranger to wanting to connect with me, to being part of my community, to converting and purchasing. Like how do I take someone through that, that journey? What, what, um, what do they need to see? And this is why building curiosity matters and this is why content marketing matters. Uh, you're not going to necessarily get, I mean, I've said this lots of times before and I think we all know this, you could write the best post with the best content, with the awesome video, and it's not going to be like just put that out into the world and suddenly success. That's not what's going to happen. What we're doing is it's like we're building a relationship over time, but we're doing it before they're warm enough to have a conversation with us, before that person wants to actually engage with us further. It's like I'm going to put something in front of you that just makes you want to kind of know a little bit more about me in comparison or a little bit more about how I can help you really. And so I do want to kind of go back to that point around like a little bit more about how you do that. Cause I talked about the context and I still got to answer that question of like, well, what do we actually write? What do we actually say? So, um, and, and, and why do some posts do better than others? Right? So one thing I would say is just be wary of vanity metrics firstly, so there are lots of things that people can do to make it look like their post is really is doing really well when it might not actually be really interesting content. So I've mentioned that before. You can do things like pods where you have an agreement that everyone's going to like each other's posts. You can do stuff like where you tag lots of people in the post so people jump on the post, which is it, they're good strategies. They work. But it doesn't necessarily mean that the content's good. That, that post has a different purpose right it's about getting reach and getting known so when it comes to actually going like now I want to put something out there 
that doesn't appear promotional but still gets people wanting to work with me. That's that's an art, right? How do you do that? How do you appear to be non-promotional but you actually are kind of being promotional but not in a way that feels like that doesn't work essentially, not in like an advertising way. So what we want to do is we just, and I've actually seen this work really well in comments, like actually just leaving really like um, sort of like, I want to say insightful, like I'm so wise, attempting to be insightful at the very least comments that make people, like I've had this happen just a few times this week and, and someone asked me if they could be a client just as a result of one of this, but I'm actually not, taking clients on right now um I will be again in a couple of weeks so I was like I someone had asked a question and I was like I know exactly what this person's going through it was in one of the Facebook groups I'm in I know exactly what this person's going through I'm going to post a comment here that really for me I'm just trying to serve them the best that I can but also it builds curiosity for them because the things I'm saying they then go oh that's quite that's quite on the money. That's quite on the mark. I want to check out who you are. And and in both of these cases where I did this, the person who I wrote to on the in the comments ended up writing back and saying, I just checked out your website. Your website looks awesome. Like how are you doing this? Like why did you choose that? The colors look great. This is the message is on point, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I didn't I didn't ever say to them, go check out my website right? Like I didn't, I wasn't explicit about that. I wasn't like, and in Facebook groups, like you can't really do that. That's a bit spammy, a bit weird, right? Like, you're not just going to be like, oh, hey, go check out what I'm selling. But, uh, and a lot of Facebook groups won't even allow you to do that. But what I know is that my profile is set up and my website set up and all of those things that when someone has that kind of problem and I go and comment or I'm posting, they're going to want to find out about more, more about me anyway. And it's so easy to find me, like they can just look up my name, that it's it's quick, right? So we need to be thinking about that as well. Like you're building curiosity at the post point. How are they going to find out more about you? If they can't look up your name or spell your name easily or spell your brand name easily on on Google, because that's what a lot of people do, right? They don't necessarily go and click through to things. They'll be like, I'm going to go do my own research. Are there any testimonials? Are there that, That's what a lot of people, depending on your market, they'll still go to Google. Like how many times do you go like in a podcast, you'd be like, oh, go check out my website, laurencrest.com. It's not like people type in laurencrest.com. People just look up my name. But, like that's how we behave. So um <laughs> I just saw Jeremy and Chris are like, hey, hi guys. <laughs> um, so what results do you achieve from doing this? And this kind of relates back to my last question, like why does it matter? Well, like I said, what happens is is you you get clients essentially. Like you kind of get clients without even meaning to. Like I said, like I was just doing this as a little experiment, kind of going, oh, I'll just put some some useful comments out there. But I think what I did really differently. Um, Christine, you said people want a lot for little effort. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of like, um, do you mean in terms of when you say that, Christine, um, they want um, to achieve a lot for a little effort? Is that what you mean? Or um, just maybe just clarify what you mean just so I can give you a proper shout out because I, I think you've, you're have you on a good point there, but I, I might not be translating it properly. So um, people. <laughs> yeah, people do, people want a lot of results for a 
little effort, definitely. Um, the, the thing is, is we can't explain our entire product and our entire value and or everything that we do in a post. And it's not interesting to people. Like where our job, when we're putting our content marketing hats on, our job isn't to inform. Heaps of people think it is. It's not actually to inform. You will put informative information in there. But our job is to help someone either solve a problem, to inspire them, to motivate them, um, or give them something that they can share with others to make themselves look good as well. We, we want to do things that are making that person want to engage and comment and share, right? That's on social. On SEO, we want to be dra dragging, dragging people. We want to be pulling people towards our website. We want to be putting things in front of people who go, that's what I want to click. YouTube, same thing. That's what I want to click because look at this, like this looks awesome. Like I can't help but want to, I can't help but want to do this, right? I can't help but want to know more information about this. Christine, you said it applies to most things, but I was referring to a brand perspective if you want to be clear. Uh, yeah. Um, so thanks. Thanks for clarifying, Christine. So I want to kind of wrap this up by talking about how you can continuously improve because you will start doing this and you'll be like, okay, cool. Like, I don't know if I'm building curiosity. I think this is building curiosity. I want you to do two things. One, just start thinking about one person seeing your post or comment. Think about that one ideal client or whoever it is that you're trying to engage via social media, via your website. Think about one person because it's really hard to do this with a group of people. Think about, okay, if I was on the receiving end of this and I had these problems, what would I be drawn towards? What would appeal to me? The second thing is you need to get really good with analytics. So know how to do keyword analysis, know what people are searching for and why they're searching for it. Um, know also how to then go back to those analytics and look at what performed well. So what days did you get the most traction on LinkedIn or Twitter? What conversations were you part of that generated um, conversations outside of say a post? what's working for you and what's not. And you need to be looking at that continuously because what starts to happen, it's sort of happening um, subconsciously. This is not happening consciously. Consciously, we have the structure and the frameworks and we go, okay, I need to ask a question, think about how this image looks or how this video looks, how it's going to engage someone further, how I can redirect. That's what we're thinking consciously. What's happening subconsciously is that we're learning all these patterns for what's actually working. And that's what I've found the biggest thing is, is it's like, you've just got to do it. You've just got to do the work of putting stuff out there. And what happens is your brain kind of takes, starts to take care of things for you. Your brain starts to go, this is what's working. This is this, I'm going to do more of this because this is, and it's like, we get a dopamine hit from things like this, right? Like, oh, this person commented, this person asked these questions. This is great. Our brain goes, great. I want more of this. Our brain's a pattern recognition machine and it starts to do the work for us. But if we kind of expect ourselves to write the perfect copy and do the perfect video and get a million followers straight away, I mean, not thinking that anyone here thinks that, but we're expecting super, super success straight away. <laughs> like that a lot for a little effort thing that you were saying, Christine then um, we're not going to ever really put anything great out there. 
because we're not willing to fail. We're not willing to experiment. We're not willing to see what works and what doesn't work. So I think um, to sort of summarize, because we're coming up to the 30 minute mark and you ha- if you have any final question, guys, um, just, just pop them in. Christine, you said uh, keywords, easy visuals, interesting. Yeah, totally. Um, I completely agree. <laughs> so um, if you've got any questions, yeah, um, pop them in below. But um, the below, yeah, below. If you're watching this on LinkedIn, which is where most of you are, below. Um, I want you to kind of just think about going back to the really simple thing of like, one, like one, think about who you're speaking to and two, just start speaking to them. Just just like you're having a conversation with someone. What would you say in conversation? What do, do people want to feel? They want to feel good. They don't want to feel bad. Like don't don't post stuff out that makes people just feel really crap about themselves. Like I see people doing that all the time. It's like your, your, your imagery and your content is just making people feel bad. Like why do that? Inspire people right? Inspire people to want to find out more, invite people to be a part of something. Um, So on Monday, I'm going to be talking about something that I didn't cover in last week's live stream because we had all these great questions and they kind of went everywhere. And then I was, I had said something and I didn't actually answer it. So the question I asked myself that I didn't answer was, when should I move on? So we, I was talking about how a lot of people start working on like one particular platform, like say it's LinkedIn, they try a few things like, oh, my funnel doesn't work. So instead of going, how do I fix my funnel and optimize my funnel? It's like, I'm just going to move on to something else. I'm going to do a new ebook. I'm going to do a new platform. Like I'm going to start using TikTok and I'm just going to see if that works. And they kind of like move from place to place, right? Instead of just fine tuning what's almost working already. But when should you move on? When do you kind of go, you know what, for the effort it's going to take me to learn about this and for the return I can see other people are getting on this platform, whatever that platform is, um, maybe maybe this isn't where I should be putting my effort. Maybe this isn't really going to help me in the scheme of things where there's all these other things I could be doing that would actually really benefit me. So that's what we're going to be talking about on uh, Monday's motivation episode. Um, Thanks so much, Christine and Jeremy. And I think there was someone else, Laurie, for joining uh, today. If you're watching this on replay and you have any questions, obviously just pop them in the comments below. Um, And hello to uh, others who are watching who didn't didn't comment. Next time, comment. I love to say hello to people. Um, Have an awesome weekend, everyone. And, um, yeah, I'll see you guys again on Monday. See you later. Okay, so what did I do differently for the comments? Welcome back from the live stream. I hope you enjoyed that. And by the way, if you did enjoy that, think about who can I share this with? Who would really benefit from this? How can I put this out into the world to make someone's life a bit easier or better? When we post things like that, when we come at it from that intention, uh, we can, you know, we're, we're being super helpful to people, right? So, uh, if you can do that, really helps to support the show. If you're listening to this on, you know, whatever platform you listen to, there's usually a way to like review or rate or follow, do all those things because it tells those platforms, like Apple Podcasts is the biggest one. That's where most of my listeners are. It tells that platform, hey, this podcast is good. We should make sure that more people see it. So I'd really appreciate that. And as always, if you want to go the extra mile to support the show, 
head over to ko-fi.com. It's ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress, Cress with a K. I want to give a shout out to the person who bought me like three cups of coffee, uh, but they didn't put their name on the, <laughs> on the, it just says somebody bought you coffees. So thank you. You know who you are. Thank you very much. I saw that. I appreciate that. If you did want a sh- proper shout out on the show, just comment back on the comment I left you on Kofi and, and tell me your name, but maybe you wanted to remain anonymous and that's, that's cool as well. But really means a lot to me. Thank you so much. Um, always love to see that this is valuable and providing value to people. Okay. So now what did I do differently? So I think the big thing I did differently with these comments, just a few, just a few comments is I really read into what that person said like I really listened like you know how you can kind of skim a post and be like oh yeah I get their problem I can I can help them like lots of people use that tactic right of like oh someone's posted about this problem I'm going to put a comment out there and I've spent a lot of time reading those comments and I can just see so many people are like what can I get out of this how can I show this person how awesome I am so they want to work with me and you can tell it comes across in the way they write I don't really know how to explain it it's like It's like, I don't know exactly what words they're saying, but that's how I feel when I read their comment. And what I did when I was um, posting these comments is I, I really looked at what this person was saying and then I stopped and thought about like, okay, have I been through that? What did I find frustrating at that time? It just took a moment to really put myself again in their shoes. And then in my comment, I just tried to provide as much value but without like overwhelming them with information so not being like here's all the things you can do to solve that problem it was like hey like I've been there firstly this is how I felt this is what I'm I I found out this is what I realized and this is the results I got from fixing this you know so still following that five elements of story kind of framework that we've talked about before but I did it in a way where it wasn't about making myself look good. It was like I just came from a different place. I wasn't coming from like how can I make myself look awesome, which, you know, if I'm honest with myself, sometimes that's what I think. I'm like, I'm awesome. How can I comment to show people I'm awesome? I know it's silly. I just admitted that to everyone who listens to my podcast show. But this time I was kind of like I I don't I, I, I wasn't in it to look good or look smart or anything. I was like I know that I know how to solve this problem. I don't have anything to prove, but this person is at this place. So how can I help them with where they're at right now? How can I meet them where they are? And I think that's what we're trying to do with our content. We're trying to meet people where they are. And then once we meet them where they are, they get curious and then they want to find out where we are. Because you were able to really recognize what I said here. You were able to really feel what I said here. So I want to, I want to see what you're up to. And, we, and I didn't do it to be promotional, but I'm like, oh, this is actually a really, really useful way to build connections. So wanted to share that with you. I hope that's helpful. I've got some really, really exciting announcements coming up when I come back from break. Uh, I can't wait to tell you guys more about it. You will love it. If you like this show, you will love what I'm putting together, um, but I'm not going to say anything yet. So that's it from me for this week. Until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place.
Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99.